Hey guys, I'm E.G. Daly, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're gonna go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's... Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast, and now here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. Here coming in, rotation tonight, you got myself, good friend Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff. Hi, Toddy. And I'm about to be violent, Vinny, here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it has been a hater's ball in Muncie, Indiana this <laughs> evening. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> about gone to fisticuffs around the table here. So, uh, good to be with you again, folks, as we are on the uh, Monster Mash. Any idea on the number, Professor Wagstaff? Uh, you know, I thought I wrote it down somewhere. No. All right. Probably 112, <laughs> somewhere around there. Get back to you on that. Yeah, that'll be on the, the title. So, um, we are each going to go around and say what we picked and why. Uh, myself, I picked Unfriended. And uh, I, why is because I never thought I would watch a film called Unfriended. And I actually heard some people say it wasn't bad. So I thought, I saw it on the on the shelf at a pawn shop like a buck or two on Blu-ray. And I was like, whatever, I'll take a chance for that. And uh, watched it and was pleasantly surprised. So that's why I made you all watch Unfriended. Professor. Uh, this will be match number 22 for all oh, of you that don't care. For the deuce deuce. <laughs> um, I picked Blair Witch, uh, mainly just because it was a new movie that I knew I was going to watch anyways, and I thought it'd be fun to discuss. Hopefully, uh, quite a few listeners are, have uh, recently checked it out by now. enjoy hearing what we have to say on it. and uh, I mean, I've been pretty hyped to see it. I'm not like the, we'll go more into it, the biggest fan about the original, but I was so excited by the way this movie was unveiled mm-hmm. and kind of a secret leading up to it under a different title yeah. um, that it just it got the buzz going and... It kind of stuck with it, so I was excited to watch it. Thought it'd be fun to cover it. Cool. Uh, I chose Phantasm Five Ravenger, uh, mainly because it's newer, and also uh, previously you guys podcasted the franchise, and Five wasn't released, so that'd be cool to add Five into to the round table. Yeah, I'm glad you picked it. I'm definitely glad you picked it. And uh, Violent V. <laughs> I chose the Abominable Doctor Fives. Uh, I chose that one because, like the professor, a lot of my uh, introduction to horror as a child was because my dad was a fan of that kind of stuff. Uh, my dad's favorite actor was Vincent Price, which is who I am named after. So, Well, well, well. That's why I chose that one. Ain't mm-hmm. fancy. 
All right. Well, actually, kicking off the show, we are starting with, in fact, the abominable, abominable, Mr. Fives. Abominable. <laughs> Dr. Fives. Doll. That's Dr. to you, sir. He's got a PhD. <laughs> you respect that man's degree. Uh, the Abominable Dr. Fives, 1971, starring Vincent Price, Joseph Cotton, directed by, I'm going to mangle the name probably, Robert Faust. Faust didn't tell. <laughs> that works. And is introducing Virginia North as Volnavia. All right. What do we want to do? We want, do we want to get a brief overview of what the movie is? Yeah, could you give us a brief overview? Vincent Price plays uh, Dr. Anton Fibes. Uh, he has been presumed dead from a car accident in which they believe he was incinerated. Uh, trying to get to his wife, who was dying on an operating table. Uh, the surgeon team of surgeons were unable to save her life. Fibes, in fact, had survived in secret and has gone now and is killing off the entire surgical team one by one to get his revenge for them that he blames for the death of his beloved wife. Mm. Nailed it. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> so, who wants to start? Who wants to start? Just what? Thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, this is one that was not a staple in my house growing up. I mean, we watch a lot of Vincent Price, but not much up into the seventies. Uh, so this was one I watched, uh, on my own. Um, this is probably maybe the third viewing for me of it. Um, I was really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was, uh, an interesting blend of seeing like kind of, a you know, predecessor to the slasher, the, you know, that kind of formula of wronged and tracking them down and inventive ways of killing them. Almost a predecessor to the Saul films. I have that in yeah. my notes. Yeah, that's a, wow, I never even thought of that. That's a great point. Um, but, you know, I just, I always enjoyed the uh, bizarre and quirky nature of it. Um, it was just its own thing. I mean, there's some things that don't quite land with me, but overall, it's just like a, you know, a campy, fun, you know, ride with Vincent Price still before he was fully out of his element. I mean, there's still some classic, you know, mm -hmm. Vincent Bryce left in that movie. But I, I just like the mood of it. I like the music with him playing it. I don't know what the hell's going on with his band. But, <laughs> I, I, but it was the, the clockwork band is weird enough, though, that right. it stuck with. Because I saw, I should say, I saw this movie as a child, uh, which is another nostalgia is another reason I really like this movie. Um, I, I think this movie is why I like the character Mr. Freeze from Batman the Animated <laughs> Series so much, because it's very similar. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I An interesting note, uh, Peter Cushing was approached to be in this movie, uh, but his he was going to play the uh, Dr. Is it Versailles, the one who's the, the lead surgeon. Uh Peter Cushing was approached to play, but declined because he was caring for his dying wife at the time. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Peter Cushing probably would have been in this movie as well. Which was a major event in Cushing's life. Yes. Like, the death of his wife shattered him. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool to see Joseph Cotton. I mean, he was a very storied actor as well. Um, so, it's funny you bring up the, the Clockwork Band. Mm -hmm. um, I remember seeing them at Showbiz Pizza. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, 
Yeah, so that's uh, the Clockwork Band, um, the chick that would just like hang out and play violin while he was doing things. Volnadia, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, put me into a mind of a very like artistic Italian film. You know what I mean? And the colors too. Like it looks good. I like the I like the way this film looked. It definitely had some good art direction in this movie. That and it's a period piece too, because mm. <clears throat> it's set back in like a like the twenties or thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Hot Toddy, what's on your mind? Uh, I actually have never seen this movie before, so I watched it. I watched the sequel, which I had never seen either. Um, I really liked it. Um, it kind of felt like a weird, odd, bizarre, dark fantasy. Like I had a almost like a weird Disney movie. Like even I the, see that. even uh, in, over the end credits, they're playing over the rainbow. Yes, it's, yeah. and it was so odd. I really liked it. Um, I don't know. It was strange. Like the I had in my notes that it did like so many movies. I bit this movie like Saul definitely like the. Like the frog mask. That was the one as a kid where he gives the guy the frog mask and it slowly ticks and tightens around his neck. That kill was the one that really stuck with me as a child. I thought yeah. that kill was It's awesome. like hearing all this now. It's like I feel like a hammer was bashing me in the head saying, this is like Saul. Just, <laughs> just, just watching it. Not, not even thinking well, uh, about it. And then the one guy had to like get the key out of his son <laughs> yes. yeah. to get the trap off. Yeah, I, I that didn't, just, it didn't occur to me it either. Just keeps being more. Yeah, it's like this was actually called Saul, <laughs> and, and, uh, and his name was Jigsaw Vibes. And uh, it had the girl from summer school. No, I'm <laughs> Danny Glover was trying to catch him. Uh, yeah, so this is my first time viewing the movie, um, and unlike the rest of you, not a big fan. Not a big fan. Uh, and I, I'll tell you why. I'll just get some of my criticism. Because you're wrong. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I really like Vincent Price. And uh, I just didn't enjoy that, you know, Vincent Price is known for, like, just his voice and, like, the delivery of his lines. And you put Vincent Price in a movie where he doesn't get to talk, except for through a hole in his neck. That's talking. <laughs> like, so to me, like, it, 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 didn't, you don't get what makes Vincent Price Vincent Price. That's just me. So uh, and I and I would take the counterpoint on that and say that uh, spoiler alert, uh, Fibes was horribly disfigured in the crash that he was in. So you see right in the it doesn't show his face, but it shows that he's putting prosthetics on to recreate a face. Yeah. Um, so and he does a very good job of not showing any facial expression through the movie, and I think it's a testament to his his acting that he's able to basically use his eyes to emote and act through the majority of this movie. Good point, both of you actually. I mean, I totally get you know the so many people love Vincent Price movies for the hammy mm-hmm. camp fun that he brings. Yeah, I you know if honestly if. If there weren't a, uh, quite a few wonderful movies of that, I would probably be more sensitive to that for this. But no, I get I get what you're saying. I I personally one of my favorite things about this um, are the ten curses mm-hmm. and the detective work. Yeah, yes. I think that moves the the movie along Which more the than one the common. Detective looks like British Ed O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think, to, to its credit, that's what moves this film better than the average uh, macabre film or revenge story. It's like, that's what kind of sets this apart, is we have, to a certain degree, these classically trained actors with these long story careers helping move this movie along swiftly, but it, it never is afraid to have fun yeah. and stoop to certain Some levels. Some sites and I, even I, list I, it as a horror comedy. Yeah. I mean, I... The I, I think the, the ways he, that he kills them are interesting to coincide with the curses that we learn about from the necklace that's left behind. and To coincide with the ten plagues of uh, yeah, uh, the pharaohs yeah, or whatever. That uh, or God put on the Egyptians. Yeah, that I, I just I think that's always fun. Um, and I, not to jump ahead, but I will, just because it's kind of part of it, but we've already alluded to it. Part of what I love in this film goes back to the classic monster movies which is i love the build-up for the reveal yes and i love it in that i just think he looks bad ass when we've got you know the fake face off Mm -hmm. and just like that's worth the price of admission for me like i will i will uh agree with you though and maybe you'll completely disagree maybe a lot of people would this movie really isn't about vincent price Mm -hmm. it's awesome that he's in it but it's not fully utilizing him. But that's okay for me. Like, it's fun to be with him. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's not his, you know, finest fun performance. Um, a lot of people could have played it, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. But to me, it doesn't matter. It's I an like added this, bonus yeah, to me that it's a surprise. Yeah, it's just a selling point. Um, but yeah, I really like the way the story moves along with the detective work and trying to get ahead and figure out the curses and um all the way up to the finale i mean it's it's a bonkers movie yeah and at that point at 71 we haven't really got too experimental yet i mean later in the 70s we just get bonkers all the time Mm -hmm. but this is still like we're still coming out of some of the more classic age so like that's you know at this point people know like vincent price all bets are off Mm -hmm. he's you know what i mean who knows what what you're gonna see (laughs) So I just think it's a really fun film. I like that it has the sequel, which maybe we'll cover on a later episode. Um, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I kind of like the uh, I like the curses because it could have been. I thought they were inventive, like the the airplane. I wasn't <laughs> expecting rats. I wasn't either. And that scene, just the rats crawling over all over that dude. Is, ugh, that one gives me the. Wings. And 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 they they were and again like uh Probably another movie would have actually had frogs try to devour somebody where he came up with an inventive map. Yeah, one of the death scenes were cool. Yeah. And I'm also terrified of fucking bats. And if this movie proves, <laughs> I know that bats are going to creep in my room and eat my face. <laughs> I love it. It was like a cute, cuddly fruit bat crawling towards him laying on the bed. I was like, oh, look at that cute fruit bat. And he's like, ah! <laughs> I would have screamed worse. Um, my my just... favorite kill, though, which I actually... Uh, I put in my notes, it's the way I want to go, as the golden unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I, too, would like to be killed by a golden unicorn. Which is in the book of Exodus, that uh, the Egyptians were killed by all these golden unicorns. <laughs> is, that where, is that where that comes from? <laughs> uh, well, I'll just say, uh, my, my last note, my favorite part of the film was that funny jeweler that the detective oh, yeah. in the beginning of the film. He was hilarious. Yeah, they, I, I, I feel like it was a nice mix of humor, uh, and it was campy. Um, like when he drinks in his neck. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Drinking, isn't it? Yeah. I and to me that was as a kid. Obviously, it was not possible. But the way he sticks the phonograph jack into his neck, and that's how he's able to speak again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, clearly, like, never, as a kid, that was awesome. Huh. Uh, I loved as a kid him playing the organ and it being the elevator that brings him up and down. I, like that was the coolest thing. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I really like this movie and I think a lot of it's nostalgia, but I think uh, there's another big part, which I don't know if we've really went into the mechanical porn. It's a comic <laughs> book. This is a comic book villain. I mean, yeah. it's not, but that's, mm-hmm. this fits into all of that. Oh yeah. It's yeah, like the true. Joker. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the, like the guy who's been wronged and has come back disfigured. He's, and now he's got his rituals and his big cool place to house all of it that he's doing this. I liked, I liked in his yeah. car where his windows had like drawings of Dr. Fives, the profile of him where it looked mm-hmm. like him right yeah. and then like, I don't well, know. It just even feels like it at the end with the big finale yeah. um, with the, you know, the sun and the, and the timed situation going on. Like that just feels like a comic book villain. All the way down to the end. Well, and I love that at the end of it, when the detectives get down, they they don't catch him. They just missed him. Like, the way he's entombed, it literally closes yeah. right as they, they come in the door. Yep. And they just come up empty-handed. I, I love this movie. Uh, also, Carolyn Monroe, who went on to be in quite a few uh, pretty popular horror movies, is the wife. We uh, see on the picture on the wall mm-hmm. on the court. That's... She was in a string of movies, not like Maniac, Last Horror Film, all kinds of them. Cool. Any final thoughts before we shuffle on here? I'm good. I've said my piece. Right on. I would recommend this to anybody interested in a little bit older horror films or Vincent Price. Yeah. No, well, I... and, and, and that's another thing, too. That's another reason I kind of brought wanted to do it is because it's not 1940s horror, mm-hmm. but it's not 80s horror. You know what I mean? There's not... This style of horror didn't last many more years past seven. Yeah, this was coming on the end of an era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like where Hammer went bonkers, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Started to get weird, and you get a lot, especially from England, just a lot of weirder films. Oh yeah. All right, cool. Next, moving on, we're going to talk about Phantasm Five Ravager. All right, so Phantasm Ravager, which is 2016. Um, <clears throat> pretty much stars the essential Phantasm cast. So Reggie Bannister is Reggie, a Michael Baldwin as Mike, Bill Thornberry as Jody, Kathy Lester as the Woman in Lavender, and of course Angus Scrim as the Tall Man, which this was his final film performance. Boy. Um, directed by David Hartman, and uh, this one was actually not directed but produced by Don Costarelli. Who created Phantasm? Um, I think the cool thing about this movie is that, um, kind of like the original one, it took a couple years to make, and it was actually started. Uh, it started as like a web web series, so they were which just gonna, a lot of it they didn't change. Yeah, like they didn't you're change. actually watching web series content. Um, I kind of feel, and we talked about this with Ryan, but if you uh. Never seen a Phantasm movie and started watching this one, you're probably going to rip it to shreds and hate oh, yeah. it. But I feel like if you're a fan of the series, this is somewhat of a swan song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah, that's like I said earlier. It's more for the fans in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like it was. I don't know, like a love letter, like the mm-hmm. end. You know, like because uh, you know everybody loves one and two. Uh, people like or tolerate three and four. You know, I don't think anybody's like, man, I just love part four. You know what I mean? Right. I, I actually like. I will defend four, and like, I love the, uh, I love the deleted footage, which they've used in every movie, kind of. Like in uh, and two, there was deleted footage of. Like right. a tall man throwing his corpse that that was just cut from the film, so that's how three opened. Yeah, and then uh, you know four no, was no. just so many like uh scenes that was just thrown out, like the hanging and yeah, like the ending of the movie to me was just so bizarrely like the they're in the ice cream truck from the seventies, they hear one of their voices and he's like it's just the wind, and then um I thought this was cool that it actually picks pretty much right up where four ends. Yeah. And um, this is also the first story, too, where it's kind of a standalone Reggie story. Right. So he's kind of the the lone hero in this one. Yeah, so it's interesting. A lot of people have just been either way. Like, people have loved it or hated it. And I don't I don't love it and I don't hate it. I had fun with it. Yeah. You know? It, it, it was just like, it, it just like hit the tropes that I thought you needed to hit. It did some bonker stuff I didn't expect, like the giant phantasm balls, like mm-hmm. destroying cities. You know, like yeah, didn't see that coming. Liked it, thought it was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, you get you get some of. You, I mean, like, I love that you get textbook Reggie in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. who doesn't love Reggie? You know what I mean? Like he he gets in that barn and the foreign guys in there and he's like the balls are chasing him and he's like, you need to shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like he's just he's Reggie. And, of course, he's trying to score, because Reggie's always trying to score with all the ladies. So, I mean, I love that it was, like, one more chance to see Reggie being Reggie. And uh, it goes bonkers, just like every one of the Phantasm movies does. And I enjoyed it. Well, And I kind of feel like uh, I feel like this movie has taken some of the, maybe some of the fan speculation and put it all in one movie. So, there's, you know, picking up where the, the heroes left off. And so that's like one universe. And then in another universe, Reggie is suffering from dementia. And he's come up with this whole crazy talk about a tall man and his friend Reggie who died from it. And and, and Mike is actually in this scenario where he knows his brother died, but knows that Reggie's not quite all there and, and it never happened. Yeah, the movie is multidimensional space and time travel and mixed it i mean i gotta admit i i definitely got there was no way to keep track of it yeah you know what i mean and maybe it was supposed to be that way yeah but i'm sure someone listening is like it's so easy to follow <laughs> you know but um <laughs> professor well the beautiful thing about this film was is i already liked it before i saw it it did not matter what it had in it yeah. uh because the bottom line is is that <clears throat> excuse me uh it's a rarity to have a franchise like this this far apart. And if you've listened right. to our older episode on the first four films or you followed the films by yourself, you know this is basically 40 years yeah. with the same people. And in this one, by the time it's coming out and we're seeing it, we know that Angus has passed away. Mm-hmm. And so we know this is it. And how lucky are we to have it? Because it it's been... Uh, how long? Seventeen years. Was it ninety nine for part four? 
99. So we're coming up on two decades since we've had a Phantasm film, and to get one more where we get to see all our characters again, uh, some of them as old men now, Yeah. some of them as older men, and one as a guy who's left us. Right. Uh, to get to see them do a swan song together, um, that's all I needed. It, I mean, it was messy, but so so yeah. was other parts of the franchise. I still had fun. Um, I mean, the with, CGI was terrible. Yeah, it was. You um, know, yeah. And that's okay. Cause, and going into it, I knew at that point, by the time I finally saw it, that it had been a web series. So I'd already kind of braced, you know, for maybe some cheaper moments to mm-hmm. it. But it didn't matter. Like, it was so much fun. Just, like... The, the playing with dementia yeah and and, oh, yeah. and seeing um, those guys in I think it's like back way back in the past and they're in the hospital beds together and while you're watching that scene at least for me all I could think about was like seeing stuff from the first one yeah. you know and I'm mean? just thinking how cool is this that yeah. like this got made so it's one of those things where um, if if people aren't interested in phantasm I wouldn't even mention this wouldn't like it would shot. just be a nightmare to watch. But if you're uh, if you've been a fan of the films, it's pretty fun. You gotta watch it. Oh yeah, um, and it still had just some great like great callbacks. You know, Reggie gets his four barrel shotgun. Yeah. He's still got the Cuda, um, and uh, you know it's still got other wild things that pop up. Like did not see the horse dying. You know, when the horse gets hit in the head with the phantasm ball, I was like, <laughs> yes, it's still staying silly. Yep. You know. To some extent. Um, and yeah, I liked it. I, I really don't have a whole lot else to say, except for just a, a comment on the ending. So I'll okay. let you guys air out anything else you got. Well, um, I thought one cool thing. I actually looked up the definition of phantasm. Ah. And it it's defined as the delusion of disordered mind, a phantom, a spirit, a ghost. And that pretty much sums up the whole series is a distorted mind. Because even since the beginning, it's like, did Jody die in a car crash? Is it the tall the tall man took him? Like, there's always been each movie's almost had what could be an alternate reality, and um, there's still a lot of fun and kind of goofy stuff that I liked. But I thought there was a lot of like under underlining touching stuff and weird. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite things is the tall man tells Reggie that you're not even real. You're in you're in my bad dreams. Yeah. So it's kind of like Reggie's actually just the tall man's nightmare, which right. could be another concept. And then uh. Having met Angus and uh, I'm so jealous. I met him a couple times and, and and well, first off, finding out too that he knew he was sick and he was older, and then uh, knowing that he chose to actually continue doing conventions because he loved interacting with his fans. Yeah, and uh, and I I think for him like giving one more shot to play the tall man right before he died, but um, I don't know. I just thought that was that was really cool, and then. He says uh, in, in one of the scenes where he's uh, Jedediah Morningside, or so you think, because then to me it was actually the tall man laying in the bed, but he says, the, the body of mine is almost finished. They bring us here to die. Talking about the nursing home. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like touching stuff, and, and, and getting to see him to be in one more film, and um, again, the fact that it, it goes from, it touches on a little bit of each movie, but then... Travels right back to 1979, kind of where it all began. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a neat experience. I don't think we've ever shared on the podcast when uh, you and I got to go see the screening of the 4K restoration of Part 1 up in Chicago. At that point, it had only played 
uh, I think South by Southwest. And then uh, Don had it up there at Flashback Weekend. We got to go to the screening where he introduced it, and they played the extra long trailer for Ravager. So there was just a lot of buildup. I mean, we mentioned the announcement of this back on our original Phantasm show. I mean, it was a long time uh, in the making. So I know that when they started the web series, uh, he hadn't made John dies at the end. I mean, that's how long it has spanned over. And so like that scene when he's playing guitar in the cabin, that's from all the way back then. That's wow. that's he and that's uh, Bannister's uh, he and his wife's cabin. Oh, okay. So like it was just all on the fly. Um, but I just had one other thing I was going to mention. Have you listened to uh, the Shockwaves podcast where they speak with the director of this? Not yet. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to spoil a great story from it that okay. I think is fun. Uh, cool, the director David Hartman went to go pick up Angus Scrim because on the podcast he goes everybody always asks they want to know did he get to see this, you know, find his final product. And he did, I guess he went and picked him up. And, uh, David Hartman said he was just shaking, just driving because he's so nervous. He's been a fan of this all his life. Um, and now he's directed the, the, the final one and he's riding with the tall man and his nerves are just shot. And, uh, I guess it's just kind of quiet for a second. And Angus Grimm says, no, no, are you, are you taking me home? After this, uh, do I have a ride home set up? And Hartman joked and said, well, Angus, I think that's going to depend on what you think of the movie. And Scrim was just like, <laughs> he kind of laughed. And I guess right after the movie, uh, Scrim turned to him and said, David, you're going to need to take me home. Like he loved it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hartman said the whole way home that uh, they talked about mortality and the end of life. Oh, wow. And how this had been like this neat experience of him being able to reflect on his. Um, But I just thought that was really touching that basically he said, you know, I I'll be giving you a ride home as long as you don't hate the movie that I'm sure. But I, yeah, it's just thought it was kind of a poetic final kind of thing. I heard about Angus Grimm. So why you get me on this? (laughs) And that's kind of how I feel about the the series. Cause he, it touches a lot on mortality and death. And, and even like toward the end, like as, as one Reggie dies, another one's getting ready to set off on an adventure in 1979 with, with Mike and Jody. And then, uh, yeah, there's a lot about mortality and friendship, like the, the link mm-hmm. they'll go to continue to find each other. Yeah, Cause he's even offered uh Reggie's offered a chance to, to go back and have his family, mm-hmm. but then he can't have Mike and Jody. Yeah. Like they're lost to the tall man. And he, he chooses not to take that. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's cool. I mean, it's, yeah, it really does have a touching piece to it. And again, too, like it's just, it even deepens the mythology of the tall man. As I talked about the giant balls destroying the cities, but just like, you know, we talked about amassing his army and there's an army of tall men. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it, it went new places, but it stayed sincere and like true to the core of why we love these movies. And, and when it, when it ended, I still have so many questions, but I think that's the point of phantasm. Like you really don't get question. You don't get every question and answered in life. Yeah. And you're not going to get it in this film series. And uh, it's about using your imagination. It, it so is. And the fun it, in it to me. And, and life and death, it, it doesn't have a clean wrap up either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought it was fun, even kind of uh, as it concluded. If you watch the past credit scene where Rocky shows up from, from Phantasm 3. So she shows up, you know, even. So it's still kind of. Um, the door's still left open. I don't think, I think with Angus Scram, you could never have another tall man in this series. Um, 
I, th- I think it's concluded for the most part. And, and I think, again, like, it's kind of, I guess, where you left off. Like, are did they go back to the 70s? Are they, they in this weird post-apocalyptic world battling the tall man and his drones? And Right. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. If you like the Phantasm series, you got to watch it. You got to watch Agreed. it. Uh, if not, maybe skip this one. If yeah. you're not a fan of Phantasm. As our friend uh, Venomous Vinny skipped this one because he'd <laughs> never uh, seen past one. I don't believe. I've right? never seen any of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never seen any of them, and I didn't want to start at five. <laughs> right, not the place to begin. All right, and and on, on a side note too, the episode twenty-five of Midwest Monsters is the Phantasm franchise. That's a so, callback. So if you want to go back and listen to the thoughts on the the first four. Which I did. I wasn't a part of that, so I do have a couple notes <laughs> just oh. to chime in. Um, <clears throat> but again, definitely you draw your own conclusions on all the films. Um, if you watch the 4K, one of the big complaints of Phantasm is a lot of the strings. You watch the 4K, all the strings are gone. Yeah, everything awesome. is fixed, and it's a it's a beautiful looking movie. Um, I love all the unused takes that they use throughout the series. I thought that was awesome. Um, <laughs> And part two, Michael was actually replaced because Universal. They had no choice. It was either Reggie or Michael, and they kept Reggie. So that's why there's a different actor in two. And and the girl at the end, I don't know if you caught this, but she's actually the girl on the slab toward the beginning of Phantasm 2. So she's the one with the, the large bush dead on the table. <laughs> and uh, that's my little, my little fun adds to your episode 25. Sweet. Well, thanks for telling us that we didn't do enough, Todd. <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to let you know you suck. <laughs> this will be Todd's last episode, everybody. Uh, <laughs> all right, so moving right along. Uh, we're going to move into my pick, a little film called Unfriended. Uh, the year is 2014. Um, written by Nelson Greaves, director... Uh, Leo Gabriadza. I don't know. Sure. Uh, Leo gets. Leo gets. Whatever Leo <laughs> wants, Leo gets. Get it. <laughs> Cast. Heather Sossaman, Matthew Borer, Courtney Halverson, Shelley Hennig. We'll stick with those for now. Um, again, I chose this film. I, I didn't think, in, in, you know, in a million years this was going to be a film I'd go for. You know what I mean? Uh, the... Just nothing about this was appealing to me. And then um, I think a couple times, just a couple guests and a couple hosts on what was previously um, Killer POV podcast mm. and now Shockwaves, it just a couple people kept mentioning in passing that Unfriended's not a bad movie. Unfriended's got some merits. Unfriended's got some cuts. And so finally, as I said, I saw it cheap and I bought it. And, and plus, I think Blumhouse is who put it out. So, mm-hmm. you know. Blumhouse films are usually worth taking a chance on. Um, so I watched it. I liked it. Um, so the setup is that this is the catch. A lot of people, it's it's taking like found footage a step further, and you're all on one girl's computer screen. And she's opening different windows because she's in group chats with her friends. And but before that, we also see that she's like just kind of going back and visiting a, a, a deceased friend's Facebook page, and then you start to, and she's going to watch the YouTube video again of her friend committing suicide at the school, 
And then you start to find out that she was bullied to the point where she decided to take her own life. And then this weird ghost profile keeps popping up in their group chat. And then they find out that it is their deceased friend's account. And they start blaming each other and they find out it's not it. And then all of a sudden, like, things start posting on like their Facebook pages of them calling out each other for stuff that they've done and it's not them doing it. It's this ghost profile manipulating their, their profiles and uh, it goes on a spiral from there. So I'm really anxious to hear. I haven't got to talk to any of you about how you felt about this film. This is a total dry run. Uh, tell me what you thought. Initial thoughts. This might be the biggest surprise for me on the show. I enjoyed it. Well, good. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I didn't say anything when you picked it because we just don't do that to each other. Like, if you really pick a movie and we're going to watch it, let's watch it. Yeah. So when you picked it, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I knew I knew that was what all of you were thinking. I didn't say anything, though. I was like, okay. That's okay. And, like, and I, yeah. And, you know, I was willing to go out on that limb. I was willing to suffer for art. All right. <laughs> Well, and part of the is because I think any more uh, teen horror is strictly for teens. Yep. Whereas in the past, teen horror was also very adult. Um, and I don't know if that's just because we were younger, but I mean, even when you go back and watch these films, they're they're just more adult films than they they are just straight teen horror. So when you get one that's called Unfriended, yeah. you think, oh man, I'm not going to be able to relate to this. This is this. There's a good chance this is going to be obnoxious. Um, but it wasn't. I thought it was inventive. I, I always am very forgiving of a film if they've found a different way to tell me a story. And so, I mean, for that alone, it was worth the watch. I, I, I mean, we'll go more into it, I'm sure, but like, I just thought it was a fascinating way of, of explaining backstory by watching searches happen. Mm -hmm. Like, while you're talking to somebody, be like, what is, go to Google, what is this? Yeah. And so then the viewer is always cued in. And so... You know, it's and one other thing, it's just an interesting snapshot of today's youth. To yeah, me. this is very stimulating. Like, there's no lull. So I I found that very interesting that somebody had finally found a way to represent kids today in yeah. a way that's interesting for everybody to watch because it hadn't been going well in recent years in that department. Everything, most of the stuff people are are going nuts over is some kind of throwback. Mm -hmm. And so somebody found something that represents today fairly well and made it entertaining. I had a really good time with it. Good. Cool. Not toddy. Um, I, I wasn't on, it's not, it's not that I never wanted to watch this movie. It just never got around to it. And I never felt like it was something I needed to rush out and see either. Oh, of course. Um, I don't know. I, I never, uh, any, anything horror related, I like to at least give it a shot. Um, but it was nothing I was like clamoring to watch. I, I had heard good things from people. That doesn't always mean that I like it. Um, and I watched it. I actually thought – I'm going to be honest. I think uh, I think anybody that slays on their phone when you even go out to dinner, um, I've checked out at that point. Um, Modern Family did a whole episode with technology, and I checked out. And it's, it's 20 minutes after commercials. Hmm. Um, I actually really like this movie. Um, so the fact that, that they brought me in, even though I hate this kind of stuff, um, amazing. I did say that, uh, as great as it is, I don't want this to be a, uh, a trend. 
I yeah, don't. Just, it, it, just this. One and it, done. It, yeah, exactly. And I think that's why I highly enjoyed it, is there's not a movie like it, really. Yeah. Um, and they did get smart, because um, for horror now, unless you... Uh, for modern horror, you have to, like... You have an obstacle of everybody that has their phones up their ass. So it's it's automatically you're out of service, or you're out of signal. Um, or even the new Scream, where they're constantly being... You know, tweeted and text and like it just takes me out of the movie and, and for some reason I thought this one worked really well. I don't want it to catch on though. Like this worked really well because it was unique. Yeah. And uh, I, I think as a standalone movie, I actually really really enjoyed it. Cool. Cool. Vincenzo. Um, this is a movie that I never would have watched based on the title. And. So this podcast, having the assignment of watching it, was the only way I was ever, ever going to watch this. Um, I watched it, and at first, as I was getting into it, my initial thought was, if I would have paid to see this in the theater, I'd have been furious. This just isn't something that I would have wanted to see on a big screen just because of Mm -hmm. what it is. Uh, Now, that being said, I didn't watch it in the theater. I watched it at home on my television. Uh, and the thing that struck me was, uh, it was different. Um, I've never seen anything like it, and I don't particularly ever want to see anything like it again. But for and and at first I really thought, because I'm I've never in my life, and you guys are probably the same way because we're close to the same age. I've never in my life spent an evening on a Skype chat with four of my friends. Right. So you know I don't relate to it in that way. Uh, but I was glad they found a different way of doing things. I was glad it just wasn't a slasher and a mask. Um, I'm I glad that Skype exists. We just had to watch them eye each other. But then I'm dying. But you know, and but it seemed like number one for being stationary on that screen the way it was. Time actually moved pretty quick for me. Like the movie moves. And about the time that I thought, I don't know if I'm going to like this, all of a sudden I find myself feeling the tension that they're feeling. Oh, man. Uh, it, and I don't want to make too bold of a statement to say this. Uh, it's not exactly the same thing, but it reminds me of my favorite, current favorite horror movie, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. There's That's when all the accusations start. Mm-hmm. And everybody's at each other's throat. Each other. And next thing you know... Your back's not touching the back of your chair. You're yeah. leaned forward a little bit. You know, you like the tension is bleeding through to you. Uh, so for a movie that I never would have watched, a movie that uh, as I started to watch it, I thought, ah, shit. You know, this is going to be a long hour and a half. Uh, I actually ended up liking it. It surprised me. Like I say, I don't ever want to see another movie done this way again. Yeah. Uh, the, the one complaint that I, and it's not even really a complaint, I think the movie would have been more aptly named Cyberbully yeah. than Unfriended. Yeah. But other than that, I did enjoy it. She unfriended her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, from I'd say probably starting about the 15-minute mark, I was on the edge of my seat the rest of the film. And I, I think he just touched on it with the thing. It, it had the Ten Little Indians, mm-hmm. where it's, mm-hmm. here's all the kids, and then one of them dies, and then now they're out of that chat. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it literally was... You know, and, and 
I, I think you kind of had your suspicion too, a little bit of uh, as they did. They kept thinking it was one of them. Right. Somebody this movie couldn't have cost shit to make. You know what I mean? I'm sure it made its money back. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. terrifies me to think that please don't become a franchise right. because of that. But yeah, for a, for a one-off film that I never would have watched, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, the viewing experience was funny for me because five minutes in, I was like, "Huh, still, still on a, still on this computer screen." I yeah. know, right? Then yeah. I was like, ten minutes, I was like, "Are, are we doing this?" Yeah, it's, that's when I started realizing uh, I was like, "I'd be mad if I paid to see this." About movie. fifteen minutes in, I was like, "Oh no, is this the whole movie?" And then twenty-five yeah. minutes in, I was hypnotized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fine. "No, don't search for that." <laughs> No, 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 don't. It, I had, says, it says you can't look this up. <laughs> I had in my notes that I was literally on the edge of my seat, and then I, because I couldn't see what the hell they were typing, I was like, I can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, like, set really close to see what the hell they were saying. Um, that's probably all my, my pet peeve was when they were typing and stuff. I couldn't really see it that well, but, you know. I think for my fun. My glasses. I think for fun in the future, I'll rewatch this on my laptop. um i'd say we'd all skype you but none of us know how to do that stuff no i don't know how to do that um man so okay so we get into uh the first death and it's it's one of the girls that they don't like they Mm -hmm. don't like her and then you know the 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 ghost profile posts like some drunk passed out pictures of her on her facebook page which, FYI, back to the girl who killed herself, it's because she got drunk at a party and shit herself. Yeah. And See, I need glasses then. I thought she had her period. Nope, that's, <laughs> that is poop. Yep. See, that was the thing, too. I was like, is that period blood? Because I was did like, she do you bleed raped? that much? Like, right, yeah. And, I, and then I was like, oh my gosh, did she get raped? And I was like, oh, nope, that's poop. Yep. Which, you know what? Good for them for not cheap heat. Yeah. <laughs> they said, I agree with that. They said, show them the dookie. They paid to get in. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sorry, that sounded... Wrong. You know, it, you know what I meant. So, and then throughout the film, more and more of the the video, the the bullying video gets released, and mm-hmm. so you find out who's implicated and who's actually done it. Um, so, anyway, so then the first girl dies, and and I love that. That had me hooked so much because it was like her screen was frozen because mm-hmm. she wasn't moving, and then all of a sudden you her see the cell phone, phone start vibrating. Oh, was I was a, like, no. That was one of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah. I uh, it's just because everyone best I mean, kill was first. Everybody knows at this point what sounds being made. Then they're looking for the vibrating phone, and you see it actually moving. Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, strangely too. It, I feel like a lot of modern movies. It's, I think why one reason I hate so many of the new remakes that involve teens is teens are apparently horrible fucking people, and they're like like Halloween and stuff where. They're, they're, I, I wouldn't be friends with these people and I could care less if they die. This is a rare movie where it worked for them all being dickheads and assholes. There's some horrible-ass teenagers and, and it, started uncovering the stuff. I was like, my God. Because I would love to see a return of uh, a movie like Halloween, the originals that we grew up on, where you cared about you cared about the slutty girl and, and the nerdy kid. and You cared about them. And yeah. for some reason, though, as much as I hate it, I like this movie even though I hate a lot of new movies that depict kids as horrible fucking people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to go on, you just start finding out one by one who's you know part of what led up to the bullying video, and uh, you find out that you know they has, start. Has turning... it said at this point too that uh, that, <laughs> that 
the alleged dead girl has told her that like uh, something about you know, like uh, like sharing your sins, or or maybe she looks it up on one of the ghost sites. Yeah, that like confessing one, that you're confessing guilty. your your guilt. Yeah, yeah, we'll which hers you. is pretty lame at the beginning. Whatever, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. So you know, we, they start getting bumped off one by one. You know, and in some creative ways, and other startling ways that have you on the edge of your seat. Why like, did the fat kid have to have a blender in his room? <laughs> <laughs> the fat stoner kid. And, you know, and so, like, and then finally you get to the end with the last girl, and she's like, well, I confessed mine. And, spoiler, you know, cover your ears if you haven't seen it, but it, it's it's worth talking about, like, you, you get to see the ghost girl. And I thought that was a great way to end it. Like, it, it was like, it was, it, like, you could have ended it without seeing anything and left it to your imagination. I think that would have been fine. But I like being like, Oh shit, it was a ghost. Me, personally, I would have rather we just lean up from the screen just a little bit and see legs and a scream. Like, just the the look up at it was a little much for me. Yeah. But I still liked it. I liked that we finally get the relief right as you get punched in the face from the computer screen. You know what I mean? I think the bad thing is, too, is is almost every, every death could have been prevented if the girl would have shared her secret at the beginning and, and relieved her guilt. Even at the end, the, the boyfriend the boyfriend was actually the innocent person of the group. Right. And and his life would have been spared yep. had... Well, and I just... I love that we go back and, you know, take the old slasher style, but we're using it through today's teenage technology. And, I mean, there's nothing more poetic than a group of kids tormenting and ruining a girl via the internet to come back through the internet and ruin every single one of them. I just... I uh, the the presentation the pacing I just I couldn't have been more shocked with it I really couldn't I thought it was uh, insanely creative I mean yeah. they could have just stuck to two or three things on the screen mm-hmm. back and forth I mean just found new ways to constantly you know keep it fresh and kind of exciting I mean throwing out what Connie Conway's My How You Lie 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 the song playing off of her iTunes that yeah. I mean why she's being terrorized awesome yeah i mean i really was surprised with a lot of that my my only real complaint is what kid doesn't know what a troll is <laughs> i actually went out of my way to write that down and she's like what is a troll it's like really 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 you guys ruined a girl's life <laughs> putting videos up on the internet and you haven't figured out what a troll is at this point yeah but yeah just shocked with this whole movie I think, and, and as much as I just complained about them, like, I guess if they made another one, I don't want to see them setting out a screen. But it kind of almost feels, um, as I started watching this, I started seeing a recent story of a girl that killed herself on Facebook Live. And I just, I get curiosity, but I just can't bring myself to watch that kind of thing. No. And my first thought after uh, after seeing that the bad things that people said to this girl that killed herself, where they encouraged it, and the people not taking down the video... And thinking about getting ready to watch this movie is, you know, like, you know, what if what if something so uh, traumatic and then uh, unjustified happens that like kind of like the ring where it's like it haunts haunts this video. So something I guess that, you know, so many people have watched the video of the girl killing herself because that's kind of where I thought the movie was going is anyone that had viewed the YouTube of her killing herself. Maybe they were susceptible to her. Yeah. Yeah. And and. It's kind of weird that, like, as I'm getting ready ready to watch this film, like something real life yeah. happens with uh, with Facebook Live, and and again, I get like almost like a morbid curiosity or like 
when you look up a dead celebrity or, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily nothing wrong with it, but at the same time, like, you know, watching a faces of death, I always wondered why couldn't they put the camera down and go help somebody's life instead of, instead of filming it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's interesting. Just the different, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much of that. I mean, and, it's just way too much to unpack right and, now just on this episode. And I think, but. again, that's why I like this movie, too, because it was so original, but it almost had a weird Asian horror touch to it. Because yes. it seems mm-hmm. like a lot of Asian horror has, like, this, like, uh, like the grudge where something so bad happens that anybody that touches near where it happened has a piece of it attached to them. Yeah, affected by it. And it's, it's very big into Japanese mythology and stuff like that. Vincenzo, any last thoughts for you on this one? No, I think I basically said everything I had for it. Man, I was I was just pleasantly pleasantly surprised by a movie I never would have watched otherwise. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, guys, glad to hear that y'all liked it. I mean, I I, I really knew I was going out on a limb here. Like, That's hey cool, guys, man. you want to watch Unfriended? <laughs> but uh, you know, and and I I even I I went so far as to post it on Facebook. Like, hey, I really recommend you giving it a shot. And People who had never seen it, of course, like, you're an idiot. Do they unfollow you? You drink pee. <laughs> you know, like, you drink pee. They tried to bully me into killing myself. And, yeah, just, How like, many people unfriended you when you posted that you liked unfriended? I hope at least 10. Yeah. Um, then I pooped my pants. <laughs> I put the video up on YouTube. <laughs> so, all right. Round and third and heading home. Uh, I was going to say, have you guys all seen VHS? The no, first one. It reminds me of the Skype session in that, oh, yeah. where the boyfriend's talking to the girlfriend, and there's the haunting going on in the background. Yeah. But this obviously was a feature. Right. But I thought it was at least important to mention that that was tapped into a little bit mm-hmm. in VHS. Yeah, cool. Fourth film, Blair Witch. Nice segue. <laughs> uh, Blair Witch, released 2016. Directed by Adam Wingard and written by Simon Barrett, who are the team uh, that have worked together on a number of films like Your Next, VHS, yeah, so. The Guest, uh, and now this. Um, basically, do you want me to just go through a very quick run overview of it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, we've got the original character, Heather, from the Blair Witch Project. We've got her brother uh, coming up on 20 years later who basically wants to figure out what happened to her. And so we kind of uh, head back with the same formula, except now with a history uh, and a relative. Um, So we've got uh, her brother going with three other young people, two couples, um, headed out with uh, camera equipment to try and find his sister and find out more about the Blair Witch. Because the video popped up. Somebody had supposedly taken video in one of the houses. And you see a flash of a girl. And he thinks it's Heather. Yeah. So, right. I, mean, I mean, that's basically it. Do you guys want me to go through the whole movie? <laughs> All right, Ryan, could you just narrate the whole film so that our <laughs> listeners don't have to pay to go see it? Um, it really doesn't have a lot of uh, familiar young faces. Uh, the main guy, James uh, McCune, has been on, I recognized him from The Walking Dead and, uh, Shame- and Shameless. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. on both of those shows. But, um, Callie Hernandez, Corbin Reed, and Brandon Scott play our main four young people. And we've got Wes Robinson and Valerie Curry, uh, who are the couple that we meet up uh, as we go into the woods as well. So, I mean, that's basically it. you got a, a pretty small cast as we're isolated. So, I mean, what was everybody's initial thoughts on the on the film? 
I really enjoyed this. I went into this, uh, I don't know. So Blair Witch Project had a time and place. You know, I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking it was pretty cool. Rewatching it once and liking it. And I don't know that I've watched it since it came out on VHS. Um, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows came out. And I am not ashamed to say that I really enjoy that film because of how meta it mm. is and the way that it like treats itself in the first film. So I was certainly ready and willing to go into this to have a good time. And it didn't let me down. I mean, I really enjoyed the way that it treated the mythology, um, especially some of the extra mythology that came out around the Blair Witch, you know, after yeah. the first film came out and the way it played with some of that stuff. So I was pleasantly surprised. And I tell you, I'd say I, they called it Blair Witch, but the movie really should have been called the Jump Scare Witch. <laughs> I, I at least jumped four or five times yeah. in this film, uh, which I'm not mad about. I love a good jump scare. Fellas. Um, I, I saw this in the theater, and, and I loved it. I'm not the biggest fan, though, of the original. Uh-huh. I, I thought I thought the original was good. I would watch this ten times to the original. But it's not a... The original one, to me, doesn't have a lot of uh, rewatchability. Yes, exactly. Um, which I actually did... Uh, for, for this project, since I'd already seen it, I, I rewatched part one, and then this one straight after. And um, you know, sometimes you pick up little things. Um, I know a big complaint for people was the timeline, which obviously they didn't pay attention because they were griping that Blair Witch was 99. The movie came out in 99. The movie took place. The, the footage was filmed in 94, yeah. allegedly. And uh, and then this one took place in 2014. So it is 20 years later. Um, I think uh, some of the things I would have wanted to see, I saw in this movie. So they actually do show you some stuff that I didn't expect. Yeah. Um, kind of get a little creeped out thinking about it. It was, I think sometimes movies are overdone and they, uh, they over explain things and then you're no longer scared of it. Um, so I thought this was a good blend of, uh, we see way more than we ever did in the original movie. Um, the, the weird, the, the earpiece things, which is strange, but had they not done it, I don't think I'd like the movie as well. Yeah. Cause it almost, um, even though it's filmed as found footage, it's kind of like it was just still kind of made like a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did appreciate that. And, and all the use of new technology, like I thought the drone cam was creepy. Every time they brought that thing out, like even in the daytime, where it just kind of pans up above the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, though, I thought it was scary. Um, my only hang-up is I wish that they would have just called it the Blair Witch 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in today's time, people have a bad taste with remakes. And people, a lot of people associated this movie as a remake, even though it is not. No. I would have assumed so. Kind of like The Thing, The Thing, not a remake. Um, and I kind of, um, I don't think it did the money it wanted, but it still made a ton of money. I think had they called it Blair Witch 3, people would have lined up even more to go see it. Yeah. Yeah, because especially with the kind of marketing they did around this. Which I thought was, the, the Woods thing, I thought was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was cool. But no amount of marketing could have convinced people it was a third Blair Witch movie when you know without coming out and saying this is Blair Witch 3 yeah you know what I mean without force feeding it to people uh and I'll say real quick before before Vinny, Vinny hops on and speaks his piece uh you're right like some of the downright scary parts I spend a lot of time in the woods in the dark because I hunt this is what I see when like something moves in the shadows and I'm like <laughs> gosh why did I watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. 
Uh, I saw the original Blair Witch movie in the theater when it came out. Uh, I hated it. Hated it. I absolutely hated it. Uh, and and to give a little back story as to why, uh, if any of you are old enough to remember, uh, when this movie was being marketed, it was being presented as this was actual found footage. Documentary. That this was a documentary. Uh, so that was the hype around it. They had a and, website you could go research. Yeah. And when I went and I sat down, I was five minutes in and I smelled acting all over it. So I had a little bit of bad taste in my mouth because I felt like, oh, they're trying to pull some bullshit over on me. Uh, the main reason I didn't like it, uh, the movie gave me motion sickness from the camera work. Yeah. Talking about the original. The original, yeah. yes, yes, the original. So I, I have never watched it since that first viewing. Uh, I never watched the sequel. Uh, so this was, again, the only way I was going to watch this movie is, you know, for this podcast. Um, I put it in, and I'm about, clearly I didn't have very high expectations. I get about five minutes into it, and I'm like, oh, here we go with this found footage shaky cam shit. Now, I feel like the movie started off that way, but I feel like they pulled back on it the further you got into the movie. Like, it was, let's make it feel like the first one. And it still had, there was still movement to the camera, yeah. but I feel like they really pulled back on it because it this one did not give me motion sickness. Um, I, I like this movie better than I like The Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, I felt like, now look, the, I understand the Blair Witch Project has its merits. Even though I don't like the film, it was original for what it did for the, especially yeah. for what was out around the time and previously for the last decade, it clearly made a difference. Yeah. Uh, but I still hate found footage. I am not a big fan of found footage. Uh, this movie did it better than most that I've seen. Uh, this movie with the POV camera stuff really made it, it looked like it looks when you are out in the woods with a flashlight in your hand. Yeah. Uh, it, it put me in the atmosphere. Like I really felt like I knew exactly what, what that was, that feeling. Did I've it, been there. Did it put you in the mind of? It put me in the mind. <laughs> uh, there's some genuinely creepy and uncomfortable parts in that movie uh i don't know if we're going this far the tunnel oh we're not there yet okay we're not there yet and, and some of the visual reveal uh downright creepy so i like this movie better than i like the original Blair witch movies i i the original rewatching it i wanted to murder her i would oh, if, if so i would have been lost in the woods i would have killed her that's where heather went and she <laughs> got killed I always love that part where Josh is like, I kicked that fucking map in the creek. <laughs> so I can't remember which one of us recreated that in our high school uh, film we made, The Blair Rumpke Project. The Blair Rumpke Project. Um, oh, yeah. I uh, I enjoyed this. It, my only true complaint with it is we take way too much time for the setup. I realize we need it to a feature length. Uh, but I mean, seriously, you it's don't like, like a slow burn. It, it. Yeah. <laughs> slow burn. <laughs> the king of slow burn. No, it's 20 to 30 minutes before we're really dug in. And it's like, at this point, this is a tired subgenre. All you have to do, like, you could shoot it like a regular film even. 
yeah. with a little backstory and and him coming across the stuff that's inspiring him. And uh, and but then when you get in the car, all you have to do is show the the tapping. Like, am I on? You know, and everybody will immediately understand. Yeah, we're wearing cameras on our ears. Like, there's way too the much stuff with them setting and messing with it, and yeah. figuring it out. I thought that was. Uh, kind of lame uh, and it didn't really set the best tone for the film but it didn't matter once once we get in the groove i had a blast with it i i i mean i'll never forget going to see the blair witch opening yeah. weekend i think we, were, we went together yeah and i mean everybody can say whatever now everybody in that theater when i saw it was scared yeah and they were into it because it was opening night and for the most part nobody knew anything about it we thought we were watching this new kind of thing now we went to a house party after that, I think, because um, I remember waking up in the middle of the night on their couch and seeing Heather Donahue doing an interview. I was like, hold up. Oh, which, by the way, she is the rudest person I've ever encountered at a convention. Just abs- the absolute star. More so than Tom Savini. She makes Tom Savini look like sunshine. That's wow. amazing. She was just the nastiest person I've ever so encountered. So she wasn't acting at the Blair Witch. Yeah. Did you say that she was a nasty, nasty woman? woman? Nasty woman. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but I do, I do appreciate the original for what it is, and because of how much fun I had with it when it first came out, I'm very forgiving of the rewatch. Yeah. It's not the easiest movie to pop on now. Yeah. But I love the folklore around it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so I'm glad that we've given me something more as right. a viewer that I have now have multiple movies addressing this that I can watch. Yeah, I just had a blast with it. This I, movie really fleshed out the folklore. Yeah. Because they only talk about it in the first film. You don't get any payoff of the folklore except for the ending. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think, too, uh, what Ryan was saying with the setup with the camera, I think it made the movie for me because I'm like, man, it's the same old shit, and it's just going to be an hour and a half of this shit in the woods. And it started out that way, and then I think I think this there was a few uh, buildups already. But when the tent shot up in the sky, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I and uh and and I I wasn't quite sure what was happening on with the girl's leg. I thought at first it was a I didn't realize it was a root. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a worm or something inside her leg. Yeah. Um. So there's Which, way more. Uh, I, where I felt like the first one was always kind of like, remember last night when uh, our tent our tent was shaking. <laughs> where this one they were like, we have to show them some stuff. Yeah. Well, let's be honest here. Who would have gone into the woods with that goth redneck couple? Not this guy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we were just kidding, man. We're not actually going. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going into the woods. Hell with no. This goth That's redneck squirrely couple. little dude. Yeah, I've, I've seen that guy. He's tried to bump cigarettes off me. <laughs> not hanging out with him in the woods. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think here. Uh, man, that voodoo doll kill. Where like she broke in half. Yeah, they're like these stick things aren't real, and they snap the stick, and that girl breaks in half. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the cool uh, a good thing with this movie is a lot of the stuff it's it's practical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So even uh, the tree that falls on the guy, they really threw a tree on a guy. Uh, the girl in half, they went old school and and buried you know fake legs here, and then made her set the rest in a hole. So. You know, no CGI, which I applaud. Yeah. Well, well, little, little CGI. Little CGI. Um, I think just progression here. So weird things start happening. Obviously, the stick people hanging in the trees, like the original film and all of that. Which I thought was a nice swerve when they 
show you that it was the goth redneck couple trying mm-hmm. to weird them out. Yeah. They were the ones making the stuff. That was a nice swerve for me. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, here we go. Swerve. Running from fucking stick people hanging in the fucking <laughs> trees again. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, nice swerve. Okay. Uh, you swerve. went a different direction with it. Yeah, that's why. But when they, when they did come out and the, the sticks were there, there's these big things that like made zero sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, and then, um, so then even now it becomes like permanent darkness and they can't find their way out of the woods and like all these different things like that play into that just great lore you know what i mean like obviously anyone's like oh i know science that's not real like come on <laughs> it's a witch movie just roll with it like and then you know then you get to see the witch or did we or did we or did we i don't know what that was but, well, I like that she was stretched out, like the folklore about how when they killed her, they stretched so, her out with rocks. So mm-hmm. here's, here's I guess, some of the legend. Is she the Blair Witch? Because if you watch the thing... If you watch the thing... If you watch the making, the directors will say that wasn't the Blair Witch. Which then I don't know what the hell we just saw. And they yeah. don't go... They don't tell you which... I like this enough that if that means they're take they're gonna make another one, I would go see it. If if they if if it's not a let's just make something that has nothing to do with what we just watched. If they delve a little deeper, but at the same time, I don't I don't need to see the Blair Witch eating Cheerios for breakfast. But are we doing Halloween too? Yeah, it's scary. Say Rob Zombie's Halloween too. No, it's funny because like you know it's raining, it's crazy. They find the house, they flash through those trees, and you see her in the trees. I go, oh god, which. <laughs> Carrie wasn't looking, and she goes, what? I was like, you didn't see that? She's like, no. I was like, I'm not sure if you want to. And I rewound it, and she was like, nope, nope. We were uh, <laughs> just in, on the car ride over briefly, touching on it, and uh, I think we kind of likened the glimpses you get as to being like the scene of the alien and signs at the birthday party. Mm-hmm. It's so brief, and it's not even that clear, but it's creepy as shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Vinny, I want to segue now and give you the opportunity to talk about the tunnels. Uh, okay, so <laughs> there's the scene where the – I forget the girl, the character's name. She, like, gets locked into this uh, subterranean area, and there's this tunnel leading off of it. It's her only option to get out. She starts crawling through it, and this tunnel is tight. Like, she is a thin girl, and she is – on her forearms, pulling herself with just the forearms, I hyperventilated. I'm starting to freak this, out just yeah, thinking about I know, it again. Quit talking yeah, about it. I hyperventilated. <laughs> this. I am not a slight individual, and my ass would have been stuck like Winnie the fucking Pooh. <laughs> like, and so I'm just like <gasps> the whole time this scene is going on. Like that gave me the realest anxiety watching that movie. <laughs> I would have just stayed put. It reminded me of the descent. Yeah, I yeah. just sat down. So on the gr- I would have just sat down in that first room, and be like, "Well, fuck it, this is where I die." Home, like, huh? Blair, bitch. Yep. I ain't going nowhere. Oh, I'm, man. I'm, I'm highly claustrophobic, so the the tunnel scene, the tunnel scene, and uh, I used to have older siblings that were dicks. So <laughs> I had an upstairs bedroom, so when I would hear all this shit, they would tell me, "I'm like, my bedroom's upstairs." So uh, they would tell me about some weird demon that was the size of my second story window. Oh, your <laughs> siblings were ticks. So, uh, so like the stretched out whatever we saw, I'm like, 
that could have easily peeped in my window. So one, <laughs> I probably just saw a vision of what was looking outside of my window as a child. Yeah. And creepy tight tunnels. Yeah, man. So we get to the end. What what, what was your what, what was your take what, on what, what? what was the the light that went through? What was your take on that? Because I've heard different things. The light. When when he's standing in the room and this light just comes through. I don't know. I just assumed so, it was like maybe her. Was it a light. day passing? Oh, because yeah, when they kept running into each other, like it was two weeks ago when we saw yeah, you. Yeah, which that got my attention when it shows up like all beat to hell, freaking out. I was yeah. like, cool. We've we've missed a bunch of time. Yeah, no, I didn't even think about that. That's good insight. That's good insight. Well, I like because I feel like they did. Off. Well, I feel like they did <laughs> stuff with this to actually have conversation. Close IMDb. There's <laughs> that's zero IMDb. <laughs> my rotisserie phone <laughs> doesn't have the internet. Um, but no, I feel like there's a lot of things in the movie that uh, they just don't come out and tell you or show you. Yeah, so it's yeah. almost like your own take of uh, you leave this movie with your own take. Of what the fuck just happened? Which sometimes is scarier than laying it out. Oh, my imagination yeah, is fucked right. up. <laughs> right, right. I love that at one point we're running through the house and we get the same image of Heather or what maybe mm. could be Heather that we saw yeah. on the YouTube video. I was like, and, oh, there she was. Early on it's mentioned that the guy has the camera that the little, you know, because it's an odd videotape that was found. Like the mini DV. Yeah, and so the guy's camera is what filmed it in the first place. Which again, does that mean? Like the time, the time space yeah. continuum? Yeah, I didn't think about that. And 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 the house is Dang. never found. the house is never found even in the searches. So the is the house previously only, is the house there when the when the witch <laughs> takes you in or is the house just somewhere in the woods where no one finds it? I don't know, man. It and the know. house burnt down, right? Is that it was supposedly burnt down? Or yeah, no? yeah, yeah. Todd. Uh... I'm going to get you to quit blowing our minds here for a second. Let's <laughs> yeah. get some paper towels, clean my brains up. I love that we get to spend time in the house in a way that we have money now for, for filmmaking. Because that was always the, the best part, but the worst part about the, you know, the original. Yeah. Was we finally get to that crazy ending, and then it's the end. So I love that we're in there now seeing the house that, that you know, the... The filmmakers have made to look so creepy and cool. Mm -hmm. The scene of the that attic. thing in the uh, viewfinder, yeah. where she's got the camera pointed, but the viewfinder so she can see behind her. Yeah. Ooh, oh, that's oh, great! Oh. And we've got uh, thunder and rain through like the whole last act of the film. It's just this great atmosphere. I mean, to when, it it. when it started raining, I was kind of already done at that point. And yeah. then, I don't. I, I felt like they went old school, like the old. It just so happens to always rain or storm on a Friday the 13th. Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then just, you know, she's standing there with him, and he's like, don't look at her, don't look at her, don't look at well, her. And he mentions that he hears his sister, did he? That's what made him turn around. And again, is, was that his sister? Is his sister the witch? What the fuck's going Is that Heather that we see? I don't I think it's know, just, Todd. It's just wish crap, boy. If you freeze frame it and put it side freeze by side to a steak and shake commercial... Do they look the same? <laughs> you burning an opinion? What? Did you just take an opinion out of your notes? You burning that? No, I took the page out that we're done with. <laughs> Blair Witch sucks. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So we get another dramatic ending, you know. Um, I'm I'm ready for more. After if they if they continue with what they did with this movie, 
I would. I would. You got to go a different direction than just. Well, I don't want to see teenagers the teenagers out in the woods. Yeah, I want you know? more of the lore. And, yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be great. And, I'd, and love, I, I'd love I, a prequel I, about the Blair Witch. I was gonna say I would still love to see the prequel where it's not found footage. The next movie doesn't even have to be found footage. Yeah, they did do a prequel. It was called. I was just gonna the that. witch. <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> live really deliciously. Good. Try it sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys should check it out. <laughs> Black Phillip. <laughs> Such a turd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so wrapping it up for the Monster Mash. Uh, good good picks. I mean, good picks all around. Everything definitely worth checking out. Um, I recommend all these to everybody, except for Phantasm. If you haven't seen yeah. Phantasm, don't worry about this. But the rest of them, check them out for sure. Any other final thoughts? Like them all? Yeah, good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. times. So, for uh, the Monster Mash Deuce Deuce episode. (laughs) Don't say Uh, that, I already got a poop. (laughs) (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Adler, and I've been with Professor Wagstaff. Hot Toddy. And I have been Violent Vinny. Hey, friends, have a good night. Thanks for listening. Stay scary. Let's (laughs) drop.